Good morning and welcome back to the Legal Queen podcast. I release these episodes every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday at 6am. In only two months, guys, we have grown to 10,000 monthly listeners. Wow, blows my mind. And I just wanted to say thank you so much. I get hundreds of messages every day saying how much this podcast is helping people. So if I could ask whatever application you may be listening to this on, Spotify, Apple, Amazon or anywhere else, if you could please give me a five-star rating, it will really help push the podcast so that we can help even more people. My goal is to be reaching 50,000 monthly listeners by the end of the year and you guys can directly help me achieve that. Anyway, enjoy the following episode. Welcome to the lounge. Hey, Captain, I can see you've joined us as well. So for those of you that are new to what we are doing, I am live on Discord um, where we record. It's just another platform where we record and we put um, out the questions, the Q&A session that we do, we put out on a podcast. While I'm waiting for Captain, I'm going to go to Loops. So whenever you're ready, good evening, Kai. Hello, Loops. How are you? Hi. Um, basically, um, I've spoken to you a few times. I've just had um, court yesterday, yeah. um, family court, for C100 that my ex-partner put in for our daughter. Yeah. Um, we had a fact-finding trial yesterday, and he was found um, guilty of the worst three charges that I, I a domestic abuse that I put up against him. Yeah after denying them in court multiple times. And we're waiting for a section seven, but nobody's really gone into any detail with me and my solicitors are quite vague about what it's going to be like at the section at the section seven CAFCAS hearing. So it won't be a hearing, first of all. If a section seven is ordered, that's a report that CAFCAS will do. So it's a wishes and feelings report, essentially, and they'll gather the information by having a series of interviews, maybe with you, maybe with your ex, maybe with the children, depending on how old they are. And then they will put together a report and that report at the back will have their recommendations as to um, what they suggest is in the best interest of the child. So the report then gets sent into court. Before you get to the next hearing, you'll get to see that CAFCAS report. So you'll be able to prepare whether or not you agree or disagree with the recommendations made by CAFCAS. Right, okay, yeah, because at the minute the the court have said that they're not allowing any contact until CAFCAS have done a Section 7 because it's too dangerous. Yeah, that's it. So um, CAFCAS will then make their recommendations and the recommendations can be varied. So over the years, I've seen Section 7 reports that say absolutely no contact, only letterbox contact. Or I've seen recommendations that say only supervised contact and maybe once a month. So it really will be very varied depending upon what the CAFCAS officer finds out through their interviews with a few people. All right. Right, okay. So the main people that they'll do interviews with, though, are me and yeah. her father, though, aren't they? And then Absolutely. And maybe a few people around family and doctors and stuff like that that well, she, my daughter Yeah, may, maybe not so much the doctors. Um, like, if your daughter was at nursery or school, they may, depending on the allegations that are made, they may find it necessary to maybe have a quick chat at nursery or with a school teacher. But typically, it will be the immediate family. So you, him, and your child. Yeah, see, my daughter, they won't be able to speak to her because she's only she's only just turned three, so they won't be they won't be doing that side of things. I can't imagine she's not really she doesn't really understand, but she doesn't know who her father is anymore. Okay, okay, that's she fine. doesn't even have a clue who he is. So I was just yeah. putting my, 
putting my points across to them that she she she's a fear of men because of him and she doesn't know who he is. Okay. Um, she hasn't seen him for over a year now, so absolutely no contact with him for over a year. Okay, yeah, I've got you. I don't know if there's any leg for me to stand on in the sense of trying to say to them that he's going to be able to have contact, but I'd prefer it to be supervised in a contact centre because of how scared she is of men. And that she was essentially will be I, meeting a stranger. Yeah, I, I would do nothing at this stage and wait to see the recommendations from Kafkas. Right, okay. All right, All do, right, do, no do, absolute, do absolutely you. nothing for now. All right? Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye. Bradley, what's your question? Um, it's regarding family law. Yeah. Well, it's against, it's against an individual. Okay, how can I help? Uh, they keep trying to make allegations against people. I don't, I don't know where they live, they don't know where I live, they just know my name. Okay, so they're making allegations against you. Is this a is this a, a partner, Bradley? Ex partner, yeah. Ex partner. Okay, and these allegations, how are they impacting upon you? If 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 they don't know where you live, I mean. Asking me, asking me to provide for a kid that's not even mine. Oh, I see. Okay, I think that if if the child isn't yours and you continue to refuse um, the the parentage then all the other side can do is make an application to the court to seek DNA testing. So all you need to do, Bradley, is just sit tight. Um, if you're convinced that the child isn't yours and there isn't anything that you need to do right now, all right? The, 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 the child's got totally different complex, like, complexes to me so that can okay. prove it that way around as well. Okay, yeah, well then you've got nothing to worry about. As I say, if they want to take it further... They'll have to go to court and they'll have to ask the court to order DNA testing. Now, then it's a question of whether or not you want to take part in that. My suggestion would always be to take part in it because you'll be able then to just, um, you know, um, bat that one off. But but see, for, but for now, Bradley, there's nothing you need to do. No, not my issue. Okay. All right. Thanks, Bradley. <laughs> Zanetta, how can I help you? Um, hiya, yeah. Um, Hello. So, um, uh, the divorce... Um, he's not cooperating. He's declining to do the financial order, and obviously we've got house and a car yeah. involved there. But for some reason, I just thought like he's done done his three values. I was like, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. So then, obviously, my sister said, "Do yours." I said, "That's fine." He doesn't want me there to be as a witness. I said, "Okay, that sounds a bit dodgy." For what he did, the property was all done and finished, and for him to devalue the house, he took the kitchen out. He took to make the, it he, less worth. He, he took the kitchen out, did you say? Yeah. Okay, so what's your question of me, Zanetta? <laughs> Is there anything I can do? I, I thought it was ridiculous. Obviously, I sent my extent agent. Yeah. And he was like, oh, there's a few bits to do. I said, well, what is it then? He's like, oh, the garden needs to do it. I said, yeah, that's perfectly fine, understandable. Yeah. The front probably needs to gravel. I said, okay. Yeah. And he's like, and um, You've the kitchen. You've got no kitchen. Like, how much, I know this, this, this is going to sound bizarre, but how much did the estate agent give you, uh, estimate that he's devalued the property by by taking the kitchen out? Uh, it didn't really, like you said, just give me the price as it is now, but he said okay. he could go another, I don't know, 15 grand or something like that. Yeah. I think if I were in your shoes, Anetta, and it's difficult because I don't know what other assets are involved, so I'm not going to encourage anyone to go oh, to court. Oh, the house and the car, that's okay. it. Okay. What I was going to say is I wouldn't encourage anyone to go to court and be arguing over 15k because essentially you might only be looking at seven and a half. However, if you did want to, um, excuse me, make your point, then you would need to get confirmation from the estate agent of what it's worth now, confirmation of what it was worth if the kitchen was put in 
And you would obviously say to the court, look, he deliberately took the kitchen out. If, what, if anything, he has actually what we call dissipated an asset. So he has deliberately cost the relationship 15 grand or whatever it is that the estate agent tells you. So I think I would want to find out the value of that first before I'd make a decision as to which way I was going to go with it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, can I just ask you one more question? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so obviously he's got a new partner and he's leaving at her house, which I can prove it because obviously as a witness and everything else. Yeah. Um, so obviously we've asked, my sister asked him for the financial disclosure, also about uh, well, her income as well, and he just refused to do it because he said, I, I don't live there. I was like, really? You've got no kitchen? <laughs> you can't really live in a house without a kitchen. Yeah. And I know you're there anyway. Yeah. And and I think that therein, he's just laid the trap for himself, hasn't he? He can't be living at that yeah. house. And therefore, he's living yeah, with his but partner. Yeah, that's what I thought was the most funny thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a great story, Zanessa. I know it's causing you <laughs> frustration and delay. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that's a man lost the plot there a little bit, I think. But, um, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would just more than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just keep going. Yeah, she's going to the Republic at the moment having a holiday in the same place where we had a honeymoon. Oh, really? Oh, why? Why? <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. You couldn't write this stuff, could you? Honestly, family law, oh, no, it's, it's the like, best. It's better than extenders, I think. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> All right, Zanetta, well, good luck. Hello, yeah. Brian, thank okay, you. Okay, you're welcome. Bye bye. So, how can I help, Ima? Can you hear me? I can, yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, just a quick question. Um, I currently have a C100, uh, C-100 application that's pending to take my children out of the country for a holiday. Yep. It, how, many, how many applications can go to the court at one time? Because I think my husband is planning on submitting an application for a child arrangements order. Is he eligible to do that Absolutely. while I still have a C-100 you, out? So I have a case at the moment, a children's case, and there's probably about nine applications before the court. So you can have multiple applications at any one time, if, if they're about the same children. Okay, so, yeah. and it could, they could be multiple of the same kind of application? Depends what they are, really. So the example that, that I'm going to use is, um, let's say dad makes an application for contact, mum makes an application that she wants the passports back, dad makes another application that he wants to take the kids away for a week in August, then mum makes another application that she wants a week in September. So it will all just depend, but there can be multiple applications. Depends what you're looking to, to achieve. Okay, now with the, with the applications... Can they all get hurt? Like, let's say there's yeah. several applications at one time, but you're at a final hearing. Yeah. Can the applications that came after that um, reason why you're at the final hearing, can the applications um, after be heard as well or no? They all have to be heard at their own time. No, no, they can all be joined together and heard together. Again, it would depend on what the applications are. Some of them might be time sensitive. So what I mean by that is right now there might be an application because parents can't agree where to send their ch children to school in September. And if you've got a final hearing listed for December, well, we can't wait that long. So we may have just an interim hearing to decide where the children go to school now because the school starts September. But ultimately, we're going to be adding all the applications. We're going to be joining them all because otherwise the same family is going to be taking up a lot of the court's time. And we, we don't have the time available to us at the moment. So as many as can be joined and heard at the same time, that's going to be the court's preference. 
Okay, perfect. Thank you All for right. answering my call. I appreciate it. Okay, pleasure. Bye-bye. Captain, I'm going to come to you next. What's your question? Hello, can you hear me? I can, yeah. How are you? I'm well. Yourself? Not too bad at all. <clears throat> Good. Um, this is for um, one of your community on Discord. It's Kirsty. Yeah. Um, she said, me and my ex have been through mediation and agreed on a clean, clean break order. Yeah. Our divorce is finalised after mediation. Our mediator informed me to apply for the final order as all her bits had been completed and were ready for me to send to, ready for me to send to the solicitor. My solicitor wasn't happy to proceed with sending our file to the courts as the, my ex hasn't supplied some vital financial disclosure documents. Yeah. My ex now won't supply these documents and my solicitor has contacted him several times over the past few months. He doesn't have a solicitor. What is the next step if he won't supply these documents as the legal fees are costing me an absolute fortune yeah so effectively the court's going to perhaps adjourn the first hearing because we might need this evidence might be crucial in establishing a financial order but i've ran cases where we get all the way to the final hearing and the other side still haven't produced it the court's still going to make an order in the absence of that material and we're going to be assuming figures so if let's say they haven't produced wage slips, for example, we're going to be telling the court what they earned in the relationship and the court's going to assume it's the same. Let's say they haven't provided a pension um, figure. Again, the court's going to make an assumption on that based on what we tell them. So whilst it will frustrate and delay the application a little bit, it's not going to prevent us from getting a financial order in the end. Okay, that's great. Thanks, right. Tracy. No problem. Um, Andrea, you are up next. What's your question? Hello, Tracy. Oh, hello. Um, so, as you are aware, we're in court in September for our final hearing. Yes. Um, the, ma the main reason we're in court is because in the run-up to Christmas, my little boy was refusing to go and see his father. Yes. Um, my little boy has started refusing to go and see his dad again. He should have been there all week this week. And yeah. he's just, I spent an hour and a half trying to drop him off at the meeting point and he won't go. Okay. In relation to the final hearing that's going to happen yeah. in September, yeah. is, is that likely to change as a result of this? Is it likely the court um, will want to go back and do a fact finding or a section seven or? Possi possibly possibly right? not. Because, and I'll tell you for why. The, the order would always say, make the child available for contact, okay? And you did that. So, you know, you, yeah. you have kind of always done your part. The court will be very interested to know and will come to you for the answer to this question as you are the resident parent, why in your view the child doesn't want to go. So that's really okay. important. Now, depending on why you say the child doesn't want to go, will then determine if the child wants to dig any further. But actually, they may not, because I know, obviously, I know you, um, this has been going yeah. on for some time. So, you know, yes. it, it, the court may just make a direction that, you know what, this has gone on long enough. It's not fair to keep a child in litigation. And therefore, we're just going to make um, an order in these terms, leave it for a little while, let things settle. And then if dad wants to revisit it in two to three years, he can do. Now, obviously, Dad right. may not agree with that, but, of course, at a final hearing, the court's decision's final. So, you know, wh whatever Dad doesn't uh, agree with, the court will say, well, tough, they've made the decision. Cool, so it's unlikely they're going to adjourn, because then I guess my next question was going to be, what would happen in regards to paying the barrister if they adjourn it 15 minutes into the hearing? Ah, uh, no, no, they, they, won't, they won't adjourn a final hearing at a final hearing. 
because it's too much court time to throw away. It would need to be dad makes an application to adjourn because actually he wants to bring in what's happening this week. And chances are he's not going to do that. So it's just going to go ahead. It will go ahead. Now, dad will raise this week. But as I say, you're going to be saying, well, actually, um, I made the child available for contact. So that's fine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And how long would you be waiting around at the meeting point with my little boy trying to convince him to go? I was there for an hour and a half that's on a- Friday. That's absolutely an plenty. hour. Yeah, that's we plenty, Andrea. Usually, I mean, look, within the first couple of minutes, you know if a child doesn't want to go or not. I mean, after half yeah. an hour, you know, most parents will be thinking, look, okay, this this is enough now. So an hour and a half is more than plenty to be able to calm okay. a child down, give parents the time to discuss what the best... Um, you know, the next step is, and I know that doesn't happen in your case, but yeah, don't don't worry about that. It's certainly, I mean, I would have suggested that was probably too long, but you know, well, that, that's, that's how I okay. Was yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so approximately half an hour should be enough and the court would see that as fair, that I've given it a yeah. chance. Absolutely, absolutely. Brilliant. All right. Wonderful, thank you so okay. very much for your help. No problem, thanks. Bye. You. Take care, bye-bye. Bye. JH, let me try to hear you. Can Have you got a question for me? Hello, can you oh, hear me? Oh, there we go. I can hear you, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, what it is, um, I've been talking with my girlfriend, we were engaged. Yeah. Um, in February. Um, she actually told someone that we knew that she was planning to marry me and take me for everything, so this was a bit, a bit shocking. But now she's, um, I, I, I actually found out of this person that what she, she told us. That we, so I went, to, I actually phoned the police and the police got involved. And she actually made a load of false allegations up. So I got arrested. Um, I can't go to the house. She's in my house at the moment. I own two properties. And she, she's saying she got financial gain in the houses. Financial, financial... Interest. An interest in the property. Financial interest in the properties. Yeah. What, actually, what she actually done was, uh, it was COVID when I bought the first house. And uh, I had 20 grand deep saved off for the house. But then the mortgage advisor said we need an extra 5%. So she got a loan off her dad and a short-term loan and then we bought we bought the house but we saved up in it we saved up in her in her bank when i come home from work one day she said that she paid for sent the money over to the conveyors the conveyances but i wasn't too happy about but that's where she said she's got financial interest in the house now i'm she's in in, in my house with the two uh, two children which are not mine we're not we've been together for four years i've got a son and now she's got a molestation order as well which she's made allegations that I've broken and I'm in court in November. Right, let, let's... Just, let, let, let's OK, let's peel it back. Essentially, the house in your sole name, she's living yeah. there with two children and she's claiming that she has an interest in that property and you guys aren't married. Yes. So your question of me is, does she have an interest in the property? Does she have an interest in the property? She says okay. she does. She, we're engaged. Right. We're engaged. OK, and that's fine. I don't, I don't need to know any more. Except for, what has she paid? She gave me... This is, it's a bit complicated. No, it's not. Honestly, pounds. trust me, trust me. It's yeah. not complicated at all. What did she pay? Did she give you any lump sums at all? She gave me £10,000 in right. my bank. Right, and what did you use that for? I used that for the deposit. OK, so indirectly, she has contributed towards the deposit, OK? Does she have an interest in the property? She has a right to have the £10,000 back... But I don't think that the court would find more than that. Okay, the court okay. would the court would probably say, look, do the right thing and give her a ten thousand pound back. But actually, does that equate to an interest in the property? Not, no. I, I would I wouldn't have thought so. 
Um, and, and if it did equate to an interest, it would be very small, very, very would, small. If I just add this to, the, to, the, to this as yeah. well, well, when I bought the first house, I'm a builder, yeah, so I've, I've actually done the loft up and it's become a five-bedroom house and then I've actually remortgaged myself uh, and then what I've bought another house yeah, which is this is where it's come. This is where it goes into madness. Uh, so the, the other house is rented out. We get a rent off that, and then she's actually phoned the estate agent. I don't know how she's done it. She's got herself on the tenancy agreement to say that. Oh well, I'm the tenant. I'm I'm the I'm the landlord as well. So but it doesn't. It doesn't. Other, yeah. It, it doesn't really matter what the tenancy agreement says. It, it's how the property's legally held. So if the property is only in your name at land registry and on the mortgage, yeah. then it's yeah. your property, okay? Well, a solicitor is, is sending me all sorts of stuff saying, do you, know, do you know like the early stages of buying the house when you're just speaking to the to the, to the, the yeah. estate agent and stuff? Yeah. He's actually had my password for my email, yeah. This is, yeah. This is where it gets mad. Yeah, she's had the password to my email, so she's been answering emails of, of of the conveyances and the estate agents, yeah. and then every email that I received when she's had my password, she's been at home because she was working from home because she yeah. was uh, a student at the time. I was yeah. uh, I was working away, in, in uh, yeah. So yeah, she's been every yeah. email that she got received through my email because she was signed in. She's actually sent them to herself to her own email okay. to say like, oh well, this is where but we're doing this, we're doing that, as yeah. if I was sending them to her, but yeah. I can't approve that. I, I don't think it matters, honestly. I think I think there's 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 too much um, detail going on. We the yeah. court the court will simply strip it back. Look at the legal entity of who owns what. Look at who's paid any lump sums. And yes, her solicitor, by the sounds of it, is doing their job very well. They are there yeah. to I, I represent think, her and intimidate you and make you feel that you've got a weak case, okay? Well, but strip it all back. Well, we don't need all the details about where she was working, where you were working, what was going on and all the rest of it. Who yeah. owns the property? That's it, okay? I, I really don't think you've got too much to worry about. But go back and speak to your solicitor, all right? I'm not sure I can take this one much further, okay? Okay. Fab. Well, um, I'll be back on if, if that's okay. Just no problem. All right then. Cheers. Thank you. Your pleasure. Bye bye. Right, bye. Nick. I can hear you this time. What's your question? Hi. Uh, um, I've been waiting to see my son um, since last August. Uh, actually, last May, twenty twenty two. I filed C one hundred form, and she actually put forward twenty four false allegations against me, um, and as a result, the uh, the case has been um, directed to a district judge. Um, and this is really impacting me because I'm, I'm not able to see my son. Um, and it's just uh, giving me so much stress and lack of sleep. I just wondered whether there is a, any way I could see him in contact center before, before district court take place. So Nick, if the matter is before the court already, you're only going to be able to see your son if mum agrees with it, okay? Because the court are nowhere near to making a final order yet. Obviously, there's been some allegations made. There may be a fact find hearing ordered. So the answer to your question would be yes, you can if mum agrees that with you. But chances are she won't. That's why you're in court. Exactly. She 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 she's very angry with me and she wants to punish me and as yeah. a result she's using the child as a as a weapon against me. And you know, um, Nick, the, the sad thing is that I deal with this every day, as do most family lawyers, um, and it's a reality, unfortunately. 
all you can do is hold your nerve and keep going um, and eventually mm. because what the law says is very clear that the child is the child's right to have a relationship with both parents and I know that I sound like a broken record I say that all the time but it's the truth so all you can do Nick as frustrating as it is is just keep going okay sure, sure. Um, right. can I ask one more question and yeah. it's related to finan fin financial court or yeah. should I come back again? It's fine. Ask away, Nick. Um, my situation is very similar to, to previous gentleman. He was just speaking on the call. Um, we actually purchased the family home together, but before that, I had uh, three by two lets. Um, before I even met her, before I even considering it was uh, it was a short marriage, she actually asked me for all the buy two lets. Um, you know, fifty percent of everything, basically. Um, do you think she will be able to get any any of that? Are you married, Nick? Yes. Yeah. Um, the, well, we were we were married. Uh, the the registry was done outside the UK, but she, she, um, she you know, um, so they you're say married. is still valid. Yeah, despite the fact it right. was outside. So yes, you are married. Um, in that case, yeah. she is entitled to a share of the matrimonial assets. I can't tell you if it's going to be 50% or not, but it will be a share of the matrimonial assets. Now, pre-marital assets, we may be able to ring fence. But it's at this point, Nick, that if you haven't already, you really do need to take a consultation with a solicitor, whether it's me or whether it's somebody else, um, to find out exactly what you're both entitled to by way of finances, okay? Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you so much. Right. You're welcome. Thank you, Nick. Um, I've got another question here. Going through a divorce, I'm in the marital home with our son. My ex-wife has been moved out for a year. She owns the house jointly with me. She's threatening to move back in. Can she do that? Um, over a year, she can because she legally owns the property with you. But as a general rule of thumb, once they've been gone, um, and this, this is Nick New, actually, who's, um, who's, who's got his hand up in Discord, once they've been gone, Nick New, for sort of two to three months, you can change the locks and refuse them entry back in. Obviously, you've got to have a look at the circumstances. I would have thought that her housing needs are met. Um, she's going to, you know, if she can prove that she's homeless and on the streets, obviously the court are going to let her back in. So it will depend on the situation. But if you haven't already, at least start by changing the locks because she's been gone a year. Um, hope that helped. Uh, Natalie, you are next up, but you're on mute. So take yourself off mute. Um, perfect. Um, hi, can hi. you hear me? Yeah. Okay, hi. Yeah, so basically um, I'm planning to go through a divorce and um, I believe it's going to end up being a measure order. Um, so I'm currently living in a matrimonial home and that is under my husband's name. So my name is not on the property. Um, and he's got two vital lets outside of London. And if I go through the divorce, is measure order more likely to happen? Um, it, that would depend, Natalie. I'm not able to answer that question, if I'm honest with you. You're going to need a consultation. Have you, have you got a solicitor already? I, I've, I've had um, yeah. a few advisors, so yeah. yes. Um, so yeah. if I apply for the divorce, so he doesn't want the divorce, so it's going to be a single applicant. Yeah. And also, can he challenge the divorce? Um, what do you think? Uh, so, as I say, I can't answer the question about finances, whether a measure order is appropriate, because I, I don't know anywhere near enough information for that. 
Um, if you've yes. had some advice already, they've probably given you some yeah. guidance on that point. The divorce and the finances, yeah. Natalie, are very separate, okay? So you can begin your divorce yeah. petition through the court and make a sole application. Um, can he stop that mm-hmm. from going through? Not really. Um, it's your right to get a divorce if you want to. Um, but remember mm-hmm. that that's only the divorce. That's got nothing to do with the finances. So if you aren't okay. able to agree the finances, you're going to then have to make a financial application. And actually, while okay. I'm talking about that, so many people email me to say, <coughs> at the end of the divorce petition, it says, do you want a financial order? And people tick yes and think that's it. The court's going to give them a financial order. All that tick box is doing is letting the court know that a financial order is coming, okay? So even though mm-hmm. you do your divorce petition, you've still got to make application for a financial order if you can't agree with him, all right? Okay, okay. Yes, Fab. yeah. So and also, do I need to do mediation? Depends if you're going to go to court. If you can agree a consent order with him, no. If you need to go to court yeah. because you can't agree a financial order, then yes, you do mediation first, all right? okay. Thanks, okay, Natalie. Great. Okay. Uh, thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Um, SJWD, you are next up. What's your question? Hello, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Hi. So um, it, it's a bit of a twofold question. So um, myself and my partner were together for 12 years but not married um, and owned a house together of which we have 50-50 on the mortgage for. Uh, we also, at the time, uh, just before COVID, um, we had a rental property. Um, I was asked to move out of the, um, well, I moved out of the property, um, the one that we owned together. And I was sort of backed into a corner at the time without any kind of finances to go with anywhere to live. So I replied to an email to say that I would take the rental property and I could sell that and that would be mine. Um, I was given no choice at the time. My first part, I guess, is is that legally binding that I replied to that email saying, I'll take that. No. Um, and, okay, well, that's really positive. Um, and the second part is that um, the remortgage is actually due um, next August. Um, since then, they've moved in their new partner and children to the house. They're still on the mortgage together. Uh, we are still on the mortgage together. What options do I have going forward? Because... Um, they've been reluctant to sell, to buy me out at all. But obviously, I know the remortgage is coming up next year. Um, you know, what are my options of getting the equity that I have in, in that house that was I think is, is if, if what you, I feel is mine? If you haven't already, and you may well have done, but if you haven't already, get yourself a consultation with a family law solicitor um, so that you okay. know exactly what you're entitled to. That's going to be step one with me okay. or with somebody else. Step two, you're going to then put what your legal position is, what you understand to be your legal position in terms of financial settlement in writing to the other side. Now, what will happen then is they'll either agree or they'll disagree. If they agree, you can formulate that into an order. If they disagree, you're going to have to make a court application, okay, in order to get the equity. But right now, you're not sure at this stage what you're actually going to be entitled to. So that's where you need that consultation. Just so that, because the consultation, and you need a good hour, because there's lots of questions that we would need to know the answers to before we could advise you as to what you're entitled to, okay? So that that's mm-hmm. that's the first bit, all right? Does okay. that help? And, yeah. then, and then from there, yeah. just, just do those first steps first, and then things will start to become clearer. And that, of course, may prompt more questions. Um, sure. Of course so I have had a consultation where I was right. in, told that I am entitled to 50% of the equity. Okay, there we go. So put that in writing to them and see what, what happens from there. 
So, because the I guess my biggest worry and my last thing is is that when this goes for remortgage, that it is likely that my the reason why that I moved out of the property was that they were never going to be able to find their own property. They don't own enough money. They'd never be able to get a mortgage themselves, etc., yeah. etc. Yeah. Um, and there's two children involved as yeah. well. Um, so I felt that that was the right decision for everyone at the time, obviously with lockdown as well. So I think it was my worry is that she will de- default on that mortgage. And obviously my name is on that mortgage. So rather than worrying about something, I would just take action. So if you've had the okay. advice and you've written to the other side and they don't agree, make your court application. That's great. All right. That, that gives, but the email itself is not legally binding. Absolutely not. Only a court order, an order made by the court is the only thing that the court will be bound by because it's an order of its own making. Fine. So when, when I've had um, most recently, hey, well, I've got the email that you replied to saying that you would hand that over to me. Ignoring. You're getting nothing. Actually, there's nothing to no, worry nothing, about nothing at this to, point. No, nothing to worry about at all. That's absolutely fine. Don't worry about that. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Um, okay, you are next up. What's your question? Hello there, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Okay, thank you. Just a quick one. It's just in relation to a non-molestation order. My question is, um, what does it mean for a someone to agree to a non-molestation order on the basis of no findings? Well, the court haven't made a finding as to the initial allegations that have been made. So, they, okay. in, in other words, the evidence or the allegations that were put forward in order to request okay. the non-molestation order, hasn't been tested. There hasn't been a contested hearing, so the court weren't able to make a finding as to whether those allegations are true or false. Okay, that's fine. If, for example, on the off chance, I do kind of disagree with that, and I do obviously have evidence to be able to you know, put forward, is that something I can do potentially in the future, or is that not voided now, basically? Um, I think if the non-mol has been made, the opportunity may be missed. You you okay. need to when when a non mol is first made, the court will always give a return date so that the party that the, it's been made against has an opportunity to advise the court of their situation. If that's passed, okay. it's passed. Okay, no worries, and thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye bye, uh, Mart. You are next up. Hello, how are you? Not too bad. Right. Good. Got a couple for you. What happens if police and social services are involved in a case because mum is verbally abusive? and social and involved. Parental alienation is present, as social have seen, broken enforcement order, and three police cases against them for the behavior. What's the next bit? What's the next to stop all contact? I mean, if uh, I'm, I'm a bit muddled with the question mark, because they've kind of given us loads of information there. Um, yeah. Look, uh, I mean, stopping contact, the first step or the first decision that we would ponder is, are, is the children's welfare at risk? So if the answer to that is an immediate yes, then absolutely you would stop contact. Nobody would allow a child to be put into a dangerous situation. If the matter yeah. is already before the court or is going before the court, I would be minded to take the court's guidance on that. In other words, I'd be letting the court know of my concerns and then having the court say, and generally the courts will say this, okay, well, let's not order contact at the moment until we have looked into these allegations. So it will depend if yeah. they're before... Because even though social services are involved, it may not be before the court. So just, just see, see... First of all, I'd say to that person, if those children are immediate danger, then stop contact. Yeah, absolutely. That's right, OK. 
Um, the next one is, um, so the ex-husband is buying me out. Yeah. And the transfer will be done on the 30th of November. The yeah. property that I'm buying is not ready yet. We have children who are 12 and 9. Where do I stand? Okay. Well, can she defer it? Even though the, the financial order, I take it, she's referring to, says that the settlement's going to take place on the 30th of November. If they're both in agreement, yeah. she can defer it. Obviously, if the other side aren't in agreement, she's going to have to come up with an interim measure, i.e. renting for six months or living with, you know, family for a couple of months, however long it's going to take. But the first step would be see if we can agree to just delay matters with the other side. We won't need to return it to court as long as we're both in agreement to maybe say, can we do the transfer at the end of December or however long she needs? Yeah, no worries. All right. Um, and the next, the last one I've got for you at the minute is yeah. um, my partner's daughter's 18 months. Um, he hasn't seen her for three months and access was refused because I am with him. Although we are now dealing with false allegations of DV, because we are expecting his ex, his ex will try and limit access because she doesn't know I have met and built a relationship up with the daughter. Do we tell Kafkas uh, that the fact that I have had regular contact and cared for his daughter for nine months before contact was stopped. Absolutely, absolutely. Be really transparent with Kafkasp. It helps them build up a picture of the family unit and all the adults that are involved in the child's life. And of course, I don't know how old this child or children are, but they may let it slip. And then you don't want to be seen. Oh, okay, that's fine. Um, But yeah, I would be totally transparent um, with Kafkasp and let them know exactly what's gone on. Yeah. No worries. Smash in. Cheers, Chris. Thank you for that, Mark. Bye. Um, Hayley, Nick, you are next. What's your question? Hi, can you hear me? I can, yeah. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Um, So I've got a little boy. He's five. um, And we've got a child arrangements order in place that finished, I think it was January. Yeah. Um, And he lives with me, spends time with dad. So he spends time with dad two days a week. Um, Twice so far, his dad's not shown up to pick him up from school. So I've had to leave work and go get him. Um, his dad's been saying quite horrible things about me to him and he um, he's not been having him stay at his house. So he's just had a baby and the baby stays at his house and he has my son stay at his parents, which I said, you know, you know, the very stage of the court order um, in like one of them, I said, he's not supposed to stay there because there was drugs at the property. He's fully bypassed that and say like, so he gets the first and last weeks of the summer holidays the first week he only actually had him stay there one night and the other six was at his parents and he's breached the order by not letting me call him you know I'm supposed to get two calls a week he won't let me call him on those times so I'm just concerned now naturally for him what's in his best interest because I feel like it needs to be adjusted although I spent thousands in court and he's not having that time with him you know the court order says to spend time with dad he's not seeing him so I'm just a bit you know, at a loss right now for what to do. Okay. The first thing I would say, Hayley, is that no order is going to force a parent to have contact. So whilst Mm -hmm. you can take it back to court and have the order varied, if dad doesn't want to have a relationship with him, sadly, the court can't force that, okay? Mm -hmm. The second thing that I would say is, if you're asking the court to vary an order because you want to reduce contact, by all means Mm -hmm. do that. If you feel that actually you're trying to adhere to an order but it's having a negative impact on your work life because you're having to now leave work early because dad's letting you down, by all means you can do that. So you might go to the court and Mm -hmm. say, look, this current 
um, regime isn't working because dad doesn't really want to have the contact. So I need to like scale that back a little bit. When it comes to things like not being allowed to call the child, the court's going to take a view, okay, well, if dad's only having limited time anyway, do we need to interrupt that time by calling you? So, you know, is that going to be detrimental to the child to not have a conversation with you or is that more because you miss the child? So there's a few things to consider there. But I think yeah. the, the, the biggest consideration, Haley, is that if he doesn't want to see the child, don't go back to court because you think that the court can then make him stick to the current contact. They won't be able to do that. Yeah. No, at this point, to be honest, and I did try that. At one point, he just said, you just have him for the foreseeable future. But now he's gone back and it's the control aspect, which is why he wasn't allowed to see him for a year. You know, there was like safeguarding concerns and stuff. But it's the control, so he won't minimise it because he's bothered about child maintenance as well. He wants those days. And he, it's the control. He, he's like, I, well, if he's at my mum and dad's, it's fine. It's my time. But he's not seeing him. And I just feel like my son's suffering. So to be honest, now, if he doesn't want to see him, that's fine by me. You know, I take him on holiday. He's got financially, he's great here. It's just, I don't know what's happening over there. You know, I'm, I'm worried. And the, that's why the court made sure that he had the three phone calls with me. And right. so I'm just like, I don't want to go back to court. Technically, like it, it costs so much money. I really don't want to do that. I'm just like, can I just not send him one day? Then if I say, um, are you going to have him at your house? And if he's not, can I say, well, then I'm going to keep him and you can have him when he, you make sure he's actually at your house. Or would I be breaching the order by doing that? I think, yeah, I think the difficulty you have, Hayley, and I would certainly take some legal advice on this, is that it depends what the order says, first of all. Obviously, I'm, I'm working a bit blind because I can't see the order. <laughs> but when the child is having contact with dad... Dad's obviously allowed to make some decisions about that child when the child's in his care. So you have to tread really carefully. Um, yeah. If dad is in breach of the order, we then have to look at how has that impacted upon the child. So it's not as easy as just saying, right, well, I'm going to stop contact then. Because the court said he's got to yeah. phone me three times and the court said he can't go to his parents' house. Because if we take it back, there might be a reason for that. And I, and I don't know that. And I don't know what the order's saying either. So, and, and you keep referring to the cost of an application. Try not to worry about that so much. If you've taken legal advice as to your position and what you can ask the court for, then you could think about representing yourself at court, okay? So I think, I think yeah. rather than sort of trying, trying to deal with it all at the same time, I would take some advice and, and let's break it down. Um, because the first thing I'd want to see yeah. is that order. And then I would really start to put some questions to you. And we'd really focus in on what's important, what's appropriate and what's, um, you know, not in the best interest of the child. Yeah, All yeah. because right. when I spoke, I got some free legal advice after, um, you know, when you get like a 30 minute call. And they said because he was saying negative things to to my son and because he said he didn't want to see him anymore, like you said, you can't force a parent. And he said, but if he is not showing up to pick him up from school and he's saying negative things, that's detrimental to the child. So he said, I'd probably advise to stop contact. But, but like you say, again, that's, that's a sticky situation because I don't then want to go back to court. And they say, well, you've breached the order and, you know... I, giving more time or I don't know it's it's hard caught in it. it was a year of my life it was a nightmare so I'm just yeah, yeah it's trying to navigate it I I would the free half hours are great but they're they're designed to signpost 
if if a solicitor's giving a free half hour, you haven't done the T's and C's, you haven't got a client care letter, so therefore our professional indemnity insurance won't cover us to give that person advice as such. So it's more signposting, yeah. a bit like what I'm doing on the Discord. I signpost, I make suggestions. I can't give anybody advice. So that's... I, and if I, we I, go to... Me- oh, sorry. If we go to mediation and he agrees to minimise it, will that be okay in the eyes of the court, even though it's not a legal court order? Yeah, you can do anything if the parents are in agreement. But I can't, I can't enforce enough, Hayley, to take some proper advice, okay? Oh, well, thank you so much for your help. You're it's great welcome. what you're doing. Thank All you. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Emma, you are next up. What's your question? Hello. Um, Hello. What is... Um, my, my ex-partner moved out of the family home after having an affair March last year. Yeah. Um, he blocked our kid from contacting him and a few months after decided he wanted to talk to them. But my younger three still don't want to see him. Uh, so he refuses to sign the tenancy agreement over from joint to sole. Um, is there an order out there that can um, completely remove him from the tenancy? Um, he does have an injunction in place after we beat our 15-year-old um, son up. Um, so I don't know if there's anything that can add on to that or if there's an order that can com- completely remove him. So, so there's a lot of information in there, Emma. We've talked about some domestic violence and some child contact and some tenancy. Yeah. Is your question just around the tenancy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if it's just about the tenancy then, how do I go from a joint tenancy to a sole tenant? You would need to speak yeah. to your housing association about that. Essentially, yeah. has he yeah, they, moved out? Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah, he's he moved out March last year, so okay. he's not. You know, he's now in a new relationship with yeah. a baby and everything. So yeah. there's no need for him to be on it. To be on it, but yeah. they won't without his um, permission to take him off I the tenancy. They won't move him. Okay, well then it will have to be a court application. Yeah. Yeah. But, Do you know which one I'd, I'd need to apply for? Well, and initially, uh, you you need to establish first of all if you qualify for legal aid given that the domestic violence okay. is in there. So the first thing I'm going to have yeah. you do, have you got a pen, Emma? Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, hang on one second. Okay. Um, I'm getting Peter K vibes. I can never find oh, a pen. Oh, yeah, I have a pen. Have a pen. <laughs> okay. So the number that you need to call tomorrow, Emma, is 0345... Oh, my pen don't work. Oh, hang on no. one second, sorry. This is, this is classic, oh. classic Peter, isn't right, it? Right, I've got it. Right, 0345... Yeah. 345 yeah 4345 4345 okay yeah. brilliant and what, what right. is that number for so so that's for the civil legal advice line okay yeah and they will okay, tell you if you're yeah if you're qualified for legal aid um because you, okay. I, I only say that because you mentioned some some domestic violence so do that step first yeah. and if you qualify yeah they will put you onto a solicitor who will then be able to make that application for you Okay. Right. And, and what application is it that they will make? Do you know? Well, it will it will be to change the tenancy essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It, okay. So and and the if you're asking me what form it is, that's going to depend on the answers to some questions. So okay. All right. So once you once you then get to see the solicitor and you get an interview from them, um, they'll start asking you yeah. all sorts of questions about married, age of kids, how long you guys have been together, blah blah blah. Um, and then that okay. will determine the form that's needed to be used. Okay, brilliant. All, All right. right then. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thanks, Emma. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, Ellie Lou. Oh, I've invited you up actually, but you haven't got here. So Ed one eight eight eight. You are next up. What's your question? Hello, oh, uh, Ed. I can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can. It's quite cool. Um, a, a, a questions quickly. Um, a section ten report has been actioned and filed to the court. The next hearing is in the next two weeks, and so lasts for one hour. What will happen within this hearing? 
Well, the court's going to be very interested in Kafkas's recommendations for a start um, and then are going to be quite keen for to hear your view for the recommendations and Mum's view for the recommendations. Um, I would have thought that the order from the last hearing, once it said Father Section 7 report, also gave you and Mum um, permission to file a statement to comment on those recommendations. And the main thing the court's going to be looking for then is how far apart are you both? So are we able to get a an agreement? Are we able to narrow the position between you both? And then some consideration will be given to if we can't get an agreement or we can't narrow the issues, are we then listing it for a final hearing? So it, 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 it's more of, a, more of a housekeeping hearing really to see where everybody stands now that we've got that third party impartial view that the court's always looking for. Um, what should I capture within my open and closing submissions? Are you, is this a final hearing you're going into, Ed? No, it's not. No. It's, it's, okay. um, it's just a, a next hearing. OK, well then, you, so you, you won't need to, to do that. Um, you will simply, um, if you're the applicant, let the court know that you've read and you've understood the recommendations and you either agree or you disagree. And if you disagree, you would put forward what your proposal is and why. And that, that's all you would need to do. OK, great. Um, and then... Yeah, so both parties have been uh, have to submit a position statement setting out their um, respective plans for yeah, yeah proposal plans for yeah. uh, the future child arrangements. Yeah, what should I capture within this statement? What you think's appropriate. So, so, from, so from down to hypothetically speaking, my name being on the birth certificate, yeah, absolutely. how I tend to uh, provide I mean, care for the child in yeah. question. So go back to what your application before the court is asking for, whether that's you know change of residence or contact or whatever it might be. So you're going to set that out and any other things that you've asked the court for and why you think that's appropriate, and trying to tie that back into obviously what Kafkas is saying. Okay. And right. um, what do you what um we have court day uh, we have court order for both oh, sorry with a court order both parties to meet discuss card arrangements themselves. Sorry, say that again, Ed. Uh, will the court yeah. order uh, both parties to meet and discuss child arrangements themselves? Possibly. That depends on the background of the party. So if someone's alleging domestic violence or coercive control or intimidation, maybe not. The court can sometimes order that um, co to use co-parenting apps to maybe attend family mediation. Possibly, not always. Okay, cool. and there's right. one one last Brucey bonus question, if you don't mind. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so how how do I dispute the um, section seven report and the final outcomes and suggestions? By by putting your version. So the recommendations that the Kafkas officer has made why you don't feel that they're appropriate and, and just explain to the court why you don't feel they're appropriate. Okay. It's as simple as that, Brilliant. really. All right? Tracy, thank you so much for your help. A pleasure. All start. right. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. Bye. Bye-bye. Alex, you are next up. Can I hear you this time? Adam, can you hear me? I can hear you. Sorry, Perfect. it says, it says Alex. Beg your pardon. Did you say it was Adam? No, it's Alex. Oh, it is Alex. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, I've just got a bit of a deep voice. Okay. How is it I can help, Alex? And well done for um, trying. I know you've been on the stage about seven times this evening <laughs> and I couldn't hear you. Um, basically, my partner's got two kids with his ex and um, he just wants to be able to see them a bit more. At the moment, we're only getting probably even this year just once, which is the three weeks we get during the summer holidays. Yeah. And I just want to know where we should start if we want to try and get 
legal proceedings going and stuff with her because she she has no contact with either of us. We have to go through um, his brother okay. to to speak to her and stuff. And they live about seventy miles away from us. So, so so the formalics that will trigger um, a child's a children's application is the C one hundred form. So okay. if you want to download the C one hundred and that gives you an option to apply for a child arrangements order which mm-hmm. means contact or um, change of residency or shared care. Um, it mm-hmm. also gives you the option to apply for a specific issues if you want something specific to be ordered. And an example mm-hmm. of that is um, perhaps a, the child attends a specific school or the child is allowed to attend a certain holiday or a wedding. And it also mm-hmm. gives you the option to apply for a prohibited steps order, which means that you want something to stop. So perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, the child is attending something that you don't agree with. So, but it's the C100 form that kicks it all off. Mm-hmm. Um, so have a read through that. If you feel that there are abuse issues going on, whether it be mental, physical, emotional, etc., or even financial, you mm-hmm. tick a box on the C100. It will then ask you to complete the C1A. And the C1A will just then allow you to go into a little bit more detail. And from there, you just um, email it to the court, the nearest family court to where the child lives. That's the court that's mm-hmm. going to have um, jurisdiction of the, of the particular matter. Um, and then the court will take it from there. The next thing is that they'll issue you with a hearing date and they'll ask okay, Kath yeah. to do a safeguarding letter. But you'll have started um, a children's application. And with Kath, is it Kath Kath? I've never Kath heard Kath. of that before. So yeah. do do they contact us or do we have to get in so, contact with them? No. So initially, the court will get your application and they'll let Kafkas mm-hmm. know that there's another okay. matter being issued. And they will ask Kafkas to do a safeguarding um, exercise. And what that typically means is that Kafkas will um, have a look at the police database and social services database and see if the child is known to either of those services and then report mm-hmm. back to the court. So in mm-hmm. the initial steps, you won't hear from Kafkas at all. And when okay. you attend court for your first hearing, the court will then let you know if the safeguarding checks done by Kafkas have thrown up anything um, that's concerning. And Kafkas, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, they are social workers, but they tend to work um, in litigation matters. So they're always there helping those matters, children's matters that are before the court, as opposed to social workers that are just um, out in the district, in the community. Mm-hmm. Okay, and lastly, um, so he has always tried to give her some money for the kids, but she just sends it back to him. And yeah. when before we was together, he never sort of pursued it enough. Yeah. So he hasn't really paid any child maintenance. Um so would that affect his no, standing with all of this? Not at all. So child maintenance um, and uh, contact do not go hand in hand. So okay. the child has a right to have a relationship with him regardless of whether he's paying money to mum or not. So okay. no, the court, the court won't even ask about maintenance. Mm-hmm. And lastly, so if we have to send it to the court where they are, so we live in London, they live on the Isle of Wight, so we yeah. have to travel there for the court hearing. You would, stuff. yeah. That right? the, you, okay, you, could, you can ask permission that it's done via Teams, um, mm-hmm. and more and more the courts are doing hearings via Teams. Normally the first one will be, be via Teams, um, but there may come, depending on how contested this is, Alex, there may come a point where you do have to attend um, the hearing and be face-to-face, yeah. 
Yeah, that's fine. Just so we're we're prepared, basically. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Thank Real. you. You're welcome. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Guys, that brings us to the end of another Family Law Hour. Apologies to those of you still with your hand up. Um, so thank you for those of you that joined me in the lounge this evening on Discord. I hope that the answers I gave were of help to some of you um, and look forward to talking to you all again on Thursday at 6 o'clock. Okay, speak oh. to you all soon. Bye.